Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you You'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Good evening or good morning, everybody. I am Alex, and I am jamming today with Anthony again as we kick off episode number two for A Matter of Truth. Anthony, what's going on, man? Nada. What's happening? Second episode. Second episode. So we made it past episode one. Yeah. And I liked it. I really hope so. Um, Unfortunately, as we record this, we won't have any feedback because technically we haven't launched the episode one yet. And technically, we haven't even made the announcement public yet what we're this doing. Is true. This is true. So, so it's all good. No worries. So it's good all, work. all good. So we're just going to stack some of these episodes up because, you know, as we talked on the the, the first one, the premise is more just a laid back Q&A. Uh, we've got, uh, some kind of, you know, maybe I don't want to call it a rant session, but you know, just some things that we encounter yeah. on social media that kind of, are, are just kind of like, let's get over this hump now. Um, you know, and just kind of just regular, you know, conversation about anything, you know, last time we talked about, uh, homeschool and education, I, I'm pretty sure in all of the phone calls we had leading up to that episode, education was not. <laughs> part of any of those talks yeah no definitely not but was well placed because uh we had i think we really had a great conversation out of that so what's going on with you man you know just uh work it's actually like groundhog day oh yeah um just it's quarantine day again it, yeah it's it's, <laughs> it's really like that movie uh, bill murray yeah. Right? yeah yeah bill yeah, murray yeah yeah it really is. Uh, so, I mean, here, I mean, I'm, I work, uh, do some stuff after, hang out with the family, um, and do it all over again. Go to sleep, you know, do the same yep. thing. Fun fact about Groundhog's Day: that movie was actually filmed two hours north of where I live currently, and it wasn't it, Pennsylvania. No, it oh. was filmed in Woodstock, Illinois, and I have family on my mother's side that live there. And so I, I go there all the time. So I know the town square, I know the house, the inn that he stayed in. Really? Uh, I know, like the whole thing. Yeah. So yeah. that's real. Yeah. Yeah. Set. Mm-hmm. 
Yep, they did the whole thing in Woodstock downtown. I've even eaten at the cafe that he uh, goes to. So, yeah. <laughs> the one he keeps uh, going to? The one he keeps, well, going, he keeps to? going to, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, it's uh, – I love that movie. And, sadly, when I was a kid, my sister watched it over and over and over and over and over again, literally making it Groundhog Day. Really? And kind of ruined it for a long time. But now, as an adult – I really appreciate it because I, feel, especially in this quarantine, it feels like, you know, every day is the same day. On Friday nights, the the cul-de-sac I live in, people come out to the to the middle. We got a few friends, and uh, we were talking about that the other the other day. How it, it completely is in fact bad. You know, I I try to break up the day uh, after work. I can just leave the back of my house right into the woods and there's some decent mountain biking trails over here in a, a place called Lake Ligonor. So it's it's actually pretty cool. Um, I've been doing some trail work as well, which is actually like hard work, man. It's very hard work doing trail work. I spent, I think the better half of the last two weeks clearing out like a whole section right behind my house. Nice. But it's good. It, it clears the mind, just like mowing the lawn mm-hmm. or gardening mm-hmm. or something. So it's uh, kind of inner peace comes out. It's, it's yeah. Cool. So you're yeah. you're doing you're doing physical labor, and I'm over here plowing a pepperoni pizza <laughs> and ice cream. <laughs> you're working out uh, your arms, right? Yeah, I'm working out my gut. <laughs> But, you know, I mean, I, I eat pretty well, uh, give or take, but I fast a long time. And so when I eat a big meal, it doesn't really impact me as much. Yeah. And well, so are you counting fasting from the time you go to bed till breakfast? I, yeah. Well, I, <laughs> I, I, I skip breakfast. <laughs> Do you really? Yeah. So Which, if that's the most important meal. Of yeah, the day. That's, no, foolish. that's a lie. Foolish. Uh, hmm. But I will skip breakfast and some days I'll skip lunch. It's like today, I, I, the last thing I ate before dinner tonight was uh, the ribs I ate the night before. So uh, my wife is gone for the week. And so we, uh, and so it's just me. And so, it's, you know, what am I going to do? I'm going to just eat out all the time because I'm not going to cook me food because I'm lazy. So I went to a barbecue joint we got here and grabbed a rack of ribs, <laughs> came home and watched Rambo. <laughs> I've been at home for two months and we have not eaten out for two months. We won't, we won't go to get curbside pickup. Yeah. No, no, no. I, that's, uh, my wife and I talked about it. I was just talking to her today about it and yeah. it's like, we haven't gotten anything to eat out. It saves a lot of money actually. Oh, and I'm it, sure. Yeah, it does. Definitely. You know, well, you know, and when my wife's home eating out's not a common thing for us because we just, you know, we got a daughter, so we cook a lot of our meals at home. And so when they're away, I'm like, I'm plowing all the crap I can get. I, I had Kane's chicken on Monday. I had Chick-fil-A yesterday for lunch. I had barbecue ribs last night. I had pizza tonight. And I, I'm probably not going to eat for like four days now. Well, like, I think the COVID has caused everybody's schedule to kind of go off. Like, oh, yeah. I'd love to hear like what people like what their schedules actually look like because i mean we find ourselves up till you know two o'clock or three o'clock and 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 there's really not like a whole lot to get up for because the kids aren't going off to school Mm -hmm. i work from home i still have to get up like my regular time but she owns a shop downtown frederick and it's actually closed so 
the day really seems to start going um, probably around 10, 11 o'clock. So it just kind of, it's throwing everything back. Yeah. Yeah. I've noticed like with my wife, because she's not working now. And so our daughters are pretty good sleepers. So she'll go to bed around 9 30, 10 o'clock, and then she'll sleep until about eight or nine. But my wife is, I'm finding not every night, but a lot more recently that she'll be up until, you know, 10 or 11 or 12 and just, you know, reading or watching a movie or something. And, but you know, like I still have to get up and go to work. So I'm going to bed at nine 30 and I got to get up at 5 AM. But that's a whole, that's a whole nother drama mess in of itself. So I got some beef that I got to get off my chest. I get a DM today. I'm DMs not gonna are, name DMs are I, bad, man. Yeah, I'm, no, not, I'm, I'm not. I'm not naming names. <laughs> uh, um, but this particular person um, says some of your posts make it seem like unless you're a Calvinist, you can't be saved. Am I misunderstanding, or do you really feel that way? And uh, you know, maybe his intentions are um, are, are you know genuinely you know he's just confused or. Uh, you know, it has a misunderstanding, but I get stuff like that all the time. And I'm not trying to call this particular person out by any means, but what I, what I, what I am saying is the people that I get that, you know, hold me to this, you know, really weird standard that, you know, I'm a, I'm this like caged Calvinist and you know, you, you, you're not saved if you, you know, if you're not a Calvinist and yada, 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 you know, and the thing that kind of just bugs me is, you know, at one time I admit I was pretty caged and I think we all were, mm-hmm. some of us can be from time to time. Um, I mean, I, I get, I think it's just more, you just get invested emotionally into yeah. what you, what you post. And so you emotionally defend it. And sometimes you can come off being kind of a jerk. Uh, But what I've noticed for myself personally is, you know, the more and more I study, the more, you know, I, I, I question a lot of the doctrine that I have come to believe. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, to put myself into one particular camp and strictly into that camp, I think is not where I want to be. And and I don't think on any post have I ever made this statement that Calvinism is the only thing, because I think that you don't like you can be something else and still be theologically sound. We talked about it a little bit last week. The the primary versus secondary. Yes. Ultimately. Yep. And um, I've never gotten from any any of your posts that you're not saved unless you're a Calvinist, because that's the gist of the dm yeah 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 you're not if you're not a calvinist you're 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 not saved and you know and here's the other thing too um and 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 this is kind of partially based upon a lot of moving pieces in my life um so uh, i'll be killing the undying light page at the end of may as i'm going to focus through my personal page the undying light podcast news and updates um because i don't i just i can't take the time to find two separate posts and you know two separate captions and put them up three four or five times a day on both pages it's just too much work 
And so that's going to happen. And then when I make that change, hopefully I'll be able to change like my profile, change my name because I'm getting rid of the reformed lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And then I, you know, and I think some people think because I put tulip in my, in my uh, profile that I'm this like caged Calvinist. So I'm going to remove that. Um, and, and I'm going to keep it pretty simple. You know, it's, it's going to be, you know, my name, you know, Christian husband, father, pastor, seminary student, you know, bam, bam, bam. I, I just don't think it needs to be that complex. It doesn't, you know, I don't need to write what confessional I hold to or believe in or what camp I'm in. I, I think that just creates way too much division. Yeah, it absolutely does. Uh, we were talking about this earlier. I don't know what I would call myself because I was raised Roman Catholic, and I'm certainly not a practicing Roman Catholic. I'm a follower of Christ and Scripture. Um, when we put man's doctrine and confessionals and creeds over the Word of God and Scripture isn't first, that leads or can lead to idolatry. Um, we hold to Scripture and Jesus alone, and those are the essentials, the, the essentials of our faith. Uh, the secondary things, yeah, we can have a healthy debate over. So um, I actually heard on another podcast, we need to learn and think for ourselves, go into Scripture, and you know what? Get a healthy study Bible to start, and then weigh that in light of the church leaders, the confessionals, the creeds, weigh all that in light of, of Scripture. I think the, well, I know the focus of the Christian walk should not be about Luther, about Calvin, or about anyone else. It's only on the completed work of Jesus on the cross and the Word of God. And that's kind of where we have to be as, as Christians, period, end of story, you know? Yep. Yep. And, yeah, I think, I think we do ourselves a, d- a disservice. Um, if we lock ourselves into one camp because yeah. we miss so much rich theology from other camps and, and uh, you know, groups or people, individuals in that, um, you know, and I think what the seminary I'm in has really kind of helped teach me is really to look and examine uh, a theologian's perspective. Uh, are they, telling me like in a quote are they preaching to me about the law or are they giving me the gospel are they telling me that i have to do something or are they delivering me christ's freedom and and you know and while i love you know because a lot of my posts talk about obedience it talks about you know uh in the Lord with all of your heart. It talks about reading, you know, your, your Bible, praying. I'm big on prayer. You know, a lot of that stuff can fall under a legalism uh, tent because I'm telling you that you have to do these things or I'm suggesting that you do them. And really the right way, and I've tried to kind of steer a lot of my commentary towards it, is that these are things that will come to you uh, and as you are led by the Holy Spirit, because if we hold to this idea that we're going to, I'm going to read my Bible every single day, and that's my that's my self, you know, pledge. I'm just going to do it every day. Well, by the fifth or sixth day, 
you might miss a day. Yeah. And then by the 10th or 12th day, you, you're probably going to miss two days. And then by the 20th day, you're probably going to fall off the bandwagon. Right. And same thing with prayer. Same thing with anything. Anything. Anytime yeah. you try to self-impose your, um, you know, a means of obedience, you're going to fail. Yeah, that's works-based salvation. Um, Roman Catholics, they works and Christ. They think that's what saves you. And we know works do not save you. Um, with respect to Calvinism, for the most part, it seems to point to Scripture, right? Right. Um, right? I mean, and I'm not saying that... I'm not saying I'm a Calvinist and... Um, I think there are, there are certain things within it that I'm like, eh, I'm not sure, um, at least at this point in my walk. I think it boils down to the person and, and, and how they're viewing, like you're saying, how they're viewing a doctrine that if they're so wrapped up in this doctrine from this person or that you know, came from um, you know, the Vatican or you know, Calvin or you know, Luther, you're taking your eyes off Scripture, off Christ. Uh, yes. And the other thing I would suggest, and um, I'm probably going to start a dumpster fire on this, but I would like Don't somebody. Do Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> but see, that's what I'm all about is stirring the pot. Um, and and I'll be honest. I mean, I've seen this. I've witnessed it myself within the Calvinist camp. That, And let me ask you this, and this may maybe calm the bonfire I'm about to pour gasoline on. Mm -hmm. uh, as a reformed believer, do you look to your sanctification for your assurance in Christ? No. Okay. Why? Because my assurance is in Christ alone and what he accomplished on the cross. Okay. So, so would you, sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say, so would you look at your justification? as your assurance that you are justified in Christ? Yes. Okay. Because absolutely. Because in the in in the Calvinist circles, and I'm not saying this is, you know, uh, a broad stroke, so you know, I don't expect please don't send me hate mail on this, but I know some people struggle with assurance because they look too much at their sanctification. And not at their justification. But don't we all do that at points? Oh, absolutely. I mean, right? it's it's a human it's a human essence. Yeah. Because we're looking at the works that we're doing. Oh, I, I sinned really bad today. Uh, I guess I guess I lost my my salvation. Well, guess what? Most reformed people believe that you can't lose your salvation. Or yeah. what it comes to is, am I really a believer? That's what they ask themselves. Yeah. It's not. They don't, they don't say, I lost my salvation. Am I really a believer? Because I sinned so badly. Or um, I, didn't read, I haven't read my Bible in three weeks. I must, I must, be, must not be a Christian. Right, and, right. So they, they base the work that they are trying to do in order to justify in their mind that they're saved. When they neglect the justification of Christ over them that they are saved. So they're looking at, they're looking in on themselves when they should be looking outside of themselves. True. So prior to, I guess, 
moving to the reform side, uh, I I went to churches that probably like probably fall more on the Armenian side. I think there were basically periods of time where I questioned my salvation, and um, but since coming to the reform side, mm-hmm. I I have not ever not for a second questioned um, my my salvation and why I even have salvation and. It was it, it's very eye opening, um, looking at my the past, not being being outside this reformed camp, to being inside of it. And, and I get I'm learning to live completely secure in Christ. And my approach to sharing the word is through the Holy Spirit. I think it's 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 getting better because it has nothing to do with me and what I want. I want somebody to believe, or you have to believe Calvin or you have to believe Luther right. or, or, or anything like that. Cause ultimately it all rests in Christ alone, you know, mm-hmm. to, to scripture pointing to scripture. And I've read some, um, and heard some people say that Calvinism is a false doctrine and, or at least parts of it, um, are false, which I found very interesting. Yeah, I mean, people love to do that because they um, they'll, they'll want to look at you know the radical side that we uh, restrict God too much, and by we I mean the Calvinist. Yeah, uh, that camp restricts God in terms of who is elect and who isn't. That's their biggest argument. But the thing is, that's not putting. As they would say, you're putting God in a box. That's not putting God in a box. Right. I mean, that's what you're saying is it's all up to God. So it's not my place to to say who's elect, who isn't. Um, God knows who he's chosen. That's in Scripture, John 15, 16, and um, Ephesians 1, 4 through 6. So um, it's not our place to judge somebody based on if they follow Calvin or Luther. That I think ultimately— how they live, how they walk their, you know, should be a reflection of, of their walk with Christ. And right. it's just like, Hey man, it's just like the Catholic thing. You'd, we'd go to, we'd go to church on Sunday and then all week we, we'd live like heathens. I mean, it's a joke. Mm-hmm. Um, I had no idea what it was to be born again. I had no idea. Um, the gospel of Jesus knew this, knew some of the stories, but, in church, you're not being taught from the Word. You're just not. And exactly. in, in, a, in a Roman Catholic church, right. So I want to uh, I want to rewind one minute, really quick, because I wanted to go back to right before, or maybe right before I finished my 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 last comments, and then we've got a couple questions that we're going to take. So be ready with those. So actually, before I say this, we, um, we, we love to take your questions and we encourage you to send us audio clips of your questions because we will play them live on our show and then we will discuss those, uh, you know, in time. So you can either chat them to us, DM, um, or fill out the little question box when we put them up or please send us voice. We love voice chats because if it adds a, you know, a new dynamic to this podcast. So I, I said it last time on the podcast with you, and it was a quote from Luther to sin boldly. 
So I, and what I was getting with that was when I was talking about the assurance aspect is that we, we think that just because we sin, we lose assurance or we sin, um, we committed an atrocity, right? Right. Uh, for those who are, have those who struggle with addiction, those who struggle with, you know, whether it's alcoholism, whether it's pornography, whether it's, you know, uh, it could be even abuse. I mean, you could be, you know, I mean, you could be a violent person. But whatever it is you struggle with, um, you could have a bad mouth. You could have haughty, uh, 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 is haughty eyes the thing? Is that all right? No. I don't know if it's haughty. Yeah. Naughty eyes? Naughty eyes. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, pride, you know, gossipy. I mean, all the sins, right? You just keep going. Yeah. Whatever, your, whatever your sin is, a lot of people struggle with the assurance going from that. And so I found this quote from Luther. And I and he's actually writing to Melanchthy, Philip Melanchthy, his um, protege, if you would. And so he wrote 11 paragraphs in response to some problems that Philip was experiencing. And then he writes this. If you are a preacher of mercy, do not preach an imaginary, but the true mercy. If the mercy is true, you must therefore bear the true, not the imaginary sin. God does not save those who are only imaginary sinners. Be a sinner. Let your sins be strong. Or sin boldly. But let your trust in Christ be stronger and rejoice in Christ, who is a victor over sin, death, and the world. We will commit sins while we are here. For this life is not a place where justice resides. We, however, says Peter in 2 Peter 3.13, are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth where justice will reign. It suffices that through God's glory, we have recognized the lamb who takes away the sin of the world. No one can uh, separate us from him. Even if we were to kill or commit adultery thousands of times a day, do you think an exalted lamb paid merely a small price with a meager sacrifice for our sins? Pray hard for you're quite a sinner. Hmm. That's wow. written to Philip Melanchthy. That's got some heavy, heavy uh, words in it, man. Yeah, it does. Um, and, mm. What's your thoughts? <laughs> um, I'd have to sit with that for a little bit. Um, I think a couple things jumped out at me. You know, the sin boldly, that really jumped out at me. Mm-hmm. Um, only because could that be confused with, well, I can freely sin. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so me hearing that just as kind of a layperson say, I'd, you know, I would be like, Hmm, that's kind of what I'm taking initially, mm-hmm. not sitting with it. So I can tell you, um, from a pastoral standpoint and from hopefully through the eyes of what Luther's trying to convey, it's not to obviously go out and sin freely because he doesn't say that he says sin boldly. In retrospect to what it means is own your sin. Be open to God with what your sin is. Right. You are a sinner. God knows your sin. And I said this, hey, this podcast will air <laughs> after my uh, the, the May 8th podcast that I dropped on Undying Light. I'm trying to get all these dates in mind. Yeah. <laughs> so many keep, recordings keep going straight. on. Yeah. Um, Because on that podcast episode, I talked um, extensively about uh, God knowing your private and public sin. 
And this quote is so perfect for that context mm-hmm. because God knows your sin. And Christ just didn't die for some meager sins, as Luther says here. He didn't die um, yeah. because you said the F word three times last week. Christ died for the adulterers and the drug addicts and the prostitutes and the murderers and the rapists. Those are who Christ died for. Obviously, only those who are saved will repent and believe right. in Christ. But we have to understand the level of sin that is committed in the world and that there is no sin that Christ didn't die for. Right, so there's no sin that he Could, won't he won't forgive. Right. He couldn't forgive. Right. Yeah, I, I guess it's the context of, you know, hearing that and, um, you know, I, I would, th- like, if, if I saw that on a, um, you know, on IG, you know, I, out of context or not explained, one might say, well, well what are they, what is he really saying? You know, um, yep. and, and it'd be, it could be misunderstood. Absolutely. So um, you got to really worry when you're not uh, being convicted, you know, when you're doing something wrong or, you know, I, I know when I mess up and I, f- I feel it almost right away after mm-hmm. the fact. So, yep, yep, yep. I, um, exactly. Yeah, that's a, that's a deep quote, man. Wow. Yeah, it will rock you, especially when placed in the right context. Cause like I said, if you don't have the right context, you're, you're going to lose sight of exactly what Luther was trying to convey. Yeah. So we got some questions. Yeah, we do actually. So, so let's, uh, let's rock them out. All so right. We're going to play them live and that we've got two of them and then we've got a couple of written questions. So um, pick whichever one you want to do first and then we will go from there. Hi, my name is Crystal and I'm from Arizona. My question is, is it better to attend a church two hours away if there are no reformed churches where I live? All right. So, yeah, so great question, Crystal. That is a good question. Um, and I, I, I get that one quite often. Mm-hmm. Um, but I want to hear your answer before I dive into mine. So the short answer is yes. Um, if you're not being spiritually fed, find a church that you will be uh, spiritually fed where you can serve, you can learn, and you can grow. That's, that's the short answer. Um, I think looking at a church, you have to look at um, how they handle the Word of God, what they believe about the Bible, and what they believe the Bible teaches. I mean, if they're teaching fluff or this, you know, let me give you 10 steps to be the better you through the Psalms or something like that. Yep, run. (laughs) Yeah, you got a... You got a problem, but I think it ultimately, it it just, it's discernment. So I would say, I would fullheartedly agree with that. Um, I, cause it's definitely not the title on the church. It's not the, um, you know, what's in their name because I've come across churches that say they're this, but don't have any idea about that particular, you know, name. And they just thought it sounded cool or something i don't know so uh totally agree it doesn't have to necessarily be a reformed church as long as it's biblical but here's my recommendation so uh, i travel um 
about an hour to preach um, most when when we're not in lockdowns um, from October of last year until March of this year, about 90 percent of the Sundays I traveled somewhere to preach mm-hmm. and it was always more than an hour. At one point, I drove eight hours to preach at a church in Minnesota. So I got my fill of travel to 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 deliver the gospel. Um, but I'm preaching. I'm not going to attend a church. Right. So if with I, there's got to be within two hours there has to be a biblically sound church. I mean, I, I. I wouldn't be shocked if there wasn't, but I would also make sure that you do your homework on churches that are closer to you. Um, and I would examine websites. I would examine their statement of faith. I would examine, you know, what do they stand for? You know, do what, what, what do they proclaim that they believe? Do they have like a simple list of their beliefs? Do they hold to certain confessions? Um, you know, what are your convictions and do they line up with those churches? Listen to some of the sermons. Do you feel like you're being spiritually fed through those sermons? Do you feel like they are delivering the gospel to you? Uh, and try them out. You know, try try every single church that you can. Try it out. Uh, don't you know? Don't just hate on a church because they seem good, and you go there, but oh, you find out they're like Methodist or Lutheran or you know Presbyterian, and you think you're a Baptist. You know, so think outside of the little box of denominations. But before you attend a church, obviously do your homework on that particular building. And uh, so that would be my advice. Just make sure that you really take the time to study and find all of the churches in your area and and just kind of go through them one by one. Um, Yeah. I mean, yeah. If I think if, if you're going to a church and you're just feeling that you're not being spiritually fed, um, with the meat of scripture. Yep. Certainly it's worth it. Abs- uh, uh, hands, hands down. But you know, there are some people like myself, I feel, I, you know, I do get spiritually fed. Uh, there are some things they do go light on some things and mm-hmm. that's where I'm like, Oh my gosh, I want to, I want to yeah. travel an hour and a half. I, <laughs> yeah. I, I you know, I, it's cringeworthy. So, yeah. Right. So Psalm 119, 161, um, I think it puts it really in perspective. My heart stands in awe of your word. My heart stands in awe of your word. I mean, right there, that is the psalmist, the demonstration of what a church um, is, is standing in awe of the word of God, hands yep. down. I mean, yep. I, we always talk about it, you know, within the reform circle. It's really scripture. It's it's the word of God. Um, and that's where it all has to come from because i think with the mission statements on a lot of these um churches online they can say whatever they want and you've yep. really got to kind of dissect them because they'll they'll they'll, they'll gloss over things so yeah that w- that would be my advice is absolutely dig in and um and again if, if your heart is uh is saying i i need more spiritual meat and i'm not getting it i, I think that it's absolutely um, okay to say, I, I want to seek seek more. That's what God wants us to do, right? Yep. Yep. And that's the thing, too. So um, if the church is, you know, says something um, on their website, and then you find out that they don't hold to that in the church, run away immediately. 
but also, you know, it, it doesn't hurt to consider, you know, what can you, and I, I don't want to use this word compromise, but what can you be uh, accepting on differentiation in, in secondary items? Like if you are, you know, you believe one thing on the Lord's Supper, uh, let's say uh, you think that you should only, uh, um, trying to think here with the wafer with the bread and the wine and you eat the bread and you drink out of the common cup if you think that's a way and everybody should be taking communion that way and and that's like what you grew up in but then you go to a church and they have like little plastic cups and little wafers and that's what they give communion that's a that's a secondary you know debatable topic you know if you can be willing to accept that you know consider those things too so yeah. l- look at the whole picture of what the church is presenting yeah. when you attend a new church. Yeah, that's great advice. Uh, church has got to preach Christ alone, through Christ, salvation only, um, and just from the scripture. Well, I think we uh, hopefully helped answer her question. Yeah. And uh, and if she needs further clarification, she can always... Um, you know, email you or me, or we can uh, have a discussion, you know, in a group chat even and talk further through it. So uh, we, we highly encourage you to, to, to pursue if you, if you want more clarification uh, or you want to talk further on it, by all means, DM one of us and uh, we'll be happy to talk to you. So next question, do- let's see, this one I know is going to be pretty tough, but I can, I, I, I know it ahead of time so I can, sum it up for time's sake but i don't i don't want to i my answer won't be a summarization so not not what i mean but go ahead and play the question whenever you're ready as i dig my hole deeper hello my name is Brittany, and i'm from pennsylvania i have a question regarding sabbath keeping being that i grew up in a household that followed seventh-day baptist doctrine i was always encouraged to follow and observe the sabbath However, after being saved at 15 at a church that congregates on Sunday, I made the decision for myself to join this church. Since then, I have been repeatedly told by my family that I am breaking God's law. I have attempted to refute their statements by saying that Jesus is the fulfillment of the law and that Jesus is their Sabbath. Even though they do believe in Christ, they don't see my rebuttal as an acceptable answer, and I've run out of ways to respond. But my question is, what is the biblical stance when it comes to observing the Sabbath? To who does it apply to? The Sabbath falls into the Ten Commandments, and uh, I, I don't want to dive too deep because it's such a, an expansive question, but I do want to answer your question a little differently than how you presented it. Part one, on the Sabbath and on the Ten Commandments in a whole, I did a, a YouTube video with Doreen Virtue, so uh, DM me if you want the link to that, but it's on Doreen's. A YouTube channel. I did, I think it was like an hour, give or take, uh, talk on the Ten Commandments. And I discussed um, uh, semi in depthly on keeping the Sabbath. So you presented in your question, this is part B, you presented in your question that you find your rest in Christ, that He is our new Sabbath. You are 100% correct. Yep. So the tr- the Old Testament sabbath was for the israelites they were to work six days and then rest on the seventh and that's why the example of being in the desert 
and manna being provided five days for the Israelites. On the sixth day, two days worth of manna was provided. And then on the seventh day, they were not to go out and collect manna. They were to rest. And so that was the whole premise to the Sabbath was six days of work, one day of rest. And that carried on all the way into the time of Christ. Uh, You even see it um, that the Pharisees got so bent out of shape over every time Jesus or one of his apostles did anything remotely resembling work. Because now, obviously, what they did is they take the Ten Commandments and they, they distorted it. And they accused Jesus of breaking the commandments when Jesus, you know, never did. And so the concept to look at it is um, the Sabbath day was originally recognized on Saturday um, because Sunday was the first day in the Jewish calendar. So Sunday through uh, Saturday, Saturday being the Sabbath. However, the Christians do not recognize Saturday as the Sabbath. And the reason being is because we recognize Sunday as our Sabbath because that is the day that Christ rose from the dead. And so that is why we have church service on Sundays, and that is why we consider Sunday to be our Sabbath. Now, that doesn't mean you can't work. That doesn't mean you can't, you know, go and do X, Y, or Z activity. Uh, You are 100% correct, though, in your um, uh, placement of Jesus being our rest. The rest that we receive is a rest of carrying the burden of our sins around with us. And that is, you know, placing them at the feet of Christ and uh, taking that burden off of our back. Using the analogy of Pilgrim's Progress, if you've ever read the book or watched the movie, um, Pilgrim, uh, Christian is the Pilgrim, and he, through a majority of the movie, is carrying this massive burden on his back, which is actually his sins and doubts and all that stuff that he's carrying around with him. And at one point in the movie, he finally reaches this milestone and he's able to drop those that burden, that sin off. So that's kind of what this concept is like. Jesus says, you know, um, uh, take on his yoke for it is easy and his burden is light. And so what it means is to not have to worry about the consequences of our sin. And that's what, and that's the complete opposite to what the Pharisees were accusing Jesus of. The Pharisees were accusing Jesus of was, um, in their eyes, they were trying to guard God's perfect law. However, they had made it so legalistic that you couldn't even tear the wheat heads off of the plant and eat them on Sunday because they consider that to be a working action. And so, and they accuse the disciples of doing that. So it's not a matter of being legalistic in terms of you uh, can't do anything at all, but it's a matter of understanding where our rest from this life of burden comes from. And that is in Christ. And so I, I hope that's a very summarized quick snippet answer. Like I said, if you want to listen to more on, you know, the Sabbath and things like that, check out that uh, conversation I have with Doreen. And again, I would be more than happy to, to, you know, have a a discussion and a DM with you. Yeah, you summarized it great, Alex. Um, And just to add on, again, we're we're part of the New Covenant, and what we see in the Old Testament is how all things point to Jesus. Uh, We see Jesus is the common thread from beginning to end, uh, 
So the resurrection day, um, that's what we observe currently. Yeah, it's like I said, it's a um, it's a it, it's just a really. It's a really I don't want to say it's a deep question, but it can yeah, it can have a lot of different anchors to it. Because if you pull one lever, then you have to answer it to another. And, and the simple way, I think, to try not and create a logical explanation is to simply say what Scripture says, and that is to rest in Christ. Well, it's you know it's interesting. Then then we get into this you know everything's about the law, and 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 the law is really to point you know point out your sin and that you can't you can't do anything. You can't we can't keep the law. Mm-hmm. And we we need saving. We need a savior. Exactly. Yep. Because all all the law will ever do is condemn you. It will never save you. It will always point you to a need of salvation, and that is in Christ alone. Yeah. So I like I said, I'd love to if she wants to DM us. We could talk about it more. If if I hope this answer is satisfying. The, the problem I think more or less though is. Uh, coming from her family that you know are not they're not satisfied with her answer and and so before I kind of let this question go one more little tidbit um my 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 recommendation would be go to scripture um and look at what uh Christ says in terms of uh taking his yoke and I'm going to pull up that scripture now. So Matthew 11:29 through 30, and I am going to grab a different translation because uh, I don't like this one. And I'm going to say this. So Jesus says in Matthew 11, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So just this little tidbit of scripture uh, helps to facilitate that Christ is uh, the new Sabbath. And that is, you know, one thing that we always have to look at is going towards um, what does Scripture actually tell us? Does Scripture say that Jesus is this or that? And so there's um, a, a lot of really good articles uh, that uh, help explain, you know, the uh, Sabbath day, Saturdays versus Sundays, how to keep the Sabbath from an Old Testament perspective. Um, we see in Matthew uh, 12, 8, for the Son of Man is the Lord of the Sabbath. We see again here in John 10, 3, to, the, to him the gatekeeper opens, the sheep hears his voice and calls out sheep by name and leads them. Verse 27, his, the sheep knows him by name which goes back to him being, you know, the Lord of all his people. Uh, Mark 2, 27, and he said to them, the Sabbath was made for man, not man Mm -hmm. for the Sabbath. Uh, Again, going to Christ being the Lord of the Sabbath. And that's the other, and I like this passage from Mark a lot too, um, because we we think that the Sabbath was, was made for us. And it's not, we were made, or, or, I'm sorry, the Sabbath Sabbath was made for us. We were not made for the Sabbath. So mm-hmm. Christ has given you this invitation to rest. Take the rest. It, right. you know, and, uh, and so there's a, 
I'm just I just pulled up an article on Got Questions. It's a really really good article, so I'd advise you to go there as well. But always, if you're dealing with family, my recommendation is to be very gentle in your approach and just to say, you know what, I've done some research, I've I've expanded what I what I know, and uh, this is the scripture and this is the context to what scripture is telling me, and 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 just kind of leave it at that. If they can't accept it, then um, I, I would not pursue it or, you know, beat it into the ground. I would simply say, this is the word of God and this is what I believe and leave yeah. it at that. That's great advice. I, I'll, I'll be honest with you, man. It this, These hours go by so quick. You, you think yeah. to record a podcast, you're like, oh man, I got to record an hour long podcast. This could take forever. And we literally spent 30 minutes on these two questions. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I, I'm just blown away. I, I love this. I love it. And that's what we were talking about last week when we, when we met up in Baltimore, how three hours just, it, it flies by. Just when you're, flew by. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a lot like prayer when you're in, when you're praying, I find myself, you know, I'm, I'm going to pray for, just sit down and pray. And then it's 15, 25 minutes, you know, have passed by. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's, it's really amazing. Um, you know, when, when you're talking about the things of God, talking about Christ, mm-hmm. scripture, and, and, and then having a, having a back and forth conversation. Cause I, lo- I love the, the premise of this whole, um, show is just, it's conversation. And, and I, I view it again as, as a layperson. I'm learning being, being, having the ability to sit, sit on here and talk with somebody who, um, you know, who's versed in scripture, pastor, uh, you know, I, I feel I'm learning through this and, and, and that's a beautiful thing because again, scripture talks about growing in your faith and your mm-hmm. walk. It's the most important thing. Well, it's an honor for me to be on this too, because it's an honor to take questions with people. It's an honor to sit with you and record and have these conversations. And I learn and grow because I can tell you that, you know, reading that clip from Luther earlier really helped, you know, calm my spirits when I'm fighting my demons to understand that my sins were clear on the cross. I, it, when Satan comes and starts accusing me, I could sell, tell Satan to go pound dirt. Right. And cause you know, he's a liar and a deceiver and I am not guilty of my sin. I have, you know, there is no more condemnation in Christ Jesus and I am free of that burden. I'm free of those chains. But I am still going to sin. It doesn't give me a free ticket to sin. It just means that when I sin, I shouldn't sit here and feel all guilty and, and mad at myself for it. Yeah, yeah. It's um, Satan wants to keep you pulled down, um, you know, in the guy, dirt. Yeah, that guy's a real jerk, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I tell you, man. You know, the interesting thing is when, when, when you're having a rough day, Satan doesn't want you to seek refuge mm-hmm. in God and in the word when, you know, when you fall, he wants you to lay there, he wants to just keep beating you down and keep you away from, from returning and repenting and seeking refuge in God. He'll do anything he can. And that's, that's the whole guilt, you know, being chained up in, in that guilt. And, um, you know, I, I struggle with that sometimes when I'm having a real rough day. Um, you know, I feel, I feel guilty going back to, you know, asking for forgiveness. We're human in the side of heaven. That's, that's something, uh, you know, we'll struggle with, you know, have our ups and downs. Uh, 
but slowly God takes care of that and he gives you the assurance that you need. Yes, indeed. So carrying on with tradition, we decided off of the call last week that we were going to close each show with uh, what's playing on our podcast or playing on our uh, Spotify or iTunes or whatever we use. Mm-hmm. I use Spotify. So, Oh yeah. So what what what's up on your playlist right now? I got Need to Breathe. Nice. I need. love Need to Breathe. They probably are uh, um, probably one of my favorite Christian bands. Yeah. Um, I was mm-hmm. gonna go into something about with respect to uh, you know they're 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 a Christian band but they're not they don't write worship songs. Yeah. And Nick from Crest is is doing an awesome. I'm I'm loving it. These uh these things he's throwing up on IG talking about worship songs and that's the key word we're talking about worship in church mm-hmm. you know so they've been super cool well yeah. i mean we we did two episodes together on on music we got to pick up on that yeah you know yeah. maybe we'll maybe we'll talk uh i think i think we said it last week that um or last episode we uh we, we'll, we'll do one on christian worship but i think we'll take a different approach with it yeah you yeah know, so- instead of like i think what we'll do is like hit on um the difference between worship and christian music or christian artists and you know is it okay to listen to secular music and still be a christian yada 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 so yeah good topics yeah yeah so 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 what do you what do you have going i have some beautiful eulogy in king's kaleidoscope Mm. omnipotent is the song which funny that's going to be a topic on one of my upcoming podcasts for undying light is it really yeah, actually, I think by the time this episode drops, I'll have already covered Omnipotent, uh, like May 16th or something, I, whatever that Friday is. Okay, uh, we'll have that episode drop because I'm going to do it because it's already dropped. And by the time this airs, even though that's this will air in the future. <laughs> but, I know this is super mind bending here Yeah, because the episodes as of this moment are not recorded. <laughs> uh, I'm going to hit the three omnis, omnipresent, omnipotent, and omniscient. And uh, I'm going to do those at three. It, what I'm finding is, as I'm doing these attributes, is that the depth that I could go is so vast. And I could spend hours talking about it. But I don't want to make it so academical that it turns people off. So. Um, yeah, deep topics. Yeah, and so what I'm trying to do is like weave them into like a flow. Yeah. So talk about, you know, how this attribute now is the foundation to this one, and how you can't, you know, and how this expands upon this one, and you know, so and how they're very connected. And then I'm going to take a look, and uh, you're going to be joining me for uh, God's love, and that's going to be a really big one. So. Uh, and then I'm I've got some, yeah. And so I actually, I'm getting a lot of guests, uh, on this series. So I've got you for love and then I'm going to get Nick and Paul on one. Uh, Jason from daily reformation is going to be on one. I just locked down Katie. Did to, you? Yeah. Right. So she's going to join me on one. And then I'm talking with Emma and one of Emma's friends to get another one. So I'm going to be just plastering a bunch of guests on this because I, I, I could talk about them all I want by myself and that's cool, but to get people like to get their opinions and then to really just explode this out. That's what I really want with this series. Yeah. Yeah. So it'll be, it'll be good. All right. Listeners, 
I think we've bored you to death. We're at an hour and six minutes. We're 20 minutes over what we normally told you would be. But I thought this show had some great content. I'm very excited with the direction we're going. We still have like 30 questions in our bank to go through. It took us 30 minutes today to get to a question and then 30 minutes to answer two. So this is probably the concept and style of the show that we're going to be delivering is just some normal banter, some normal ranting, some questions, and just some, you know, regular conversation between, you know, two brothers in Christ. Let's sign them off and, uh, we'll get this published at the end of may yeah sounds good god bless everybody god bless we'll see you wash your hands hopefully the quarantine ends tomorrow by the time you listen to this (laughs) right